Welcome to Teacher Talk with Chrissy Nichols, the podcast that offers real tools and real conversations to help you feel good about teaching and yourself again. As a teacher who has spent more than two decades in the classroom, I get it. I know you have a lot to do, so if you need help right now, book a free consult call at www.thechrissyconcept.com. That's the C-H-R-I-S-S-Y-C-O-N-C-E-P-T dot com. Now, let's get to the show. Welcome to Teacher Talk and Episode 90, School Counselors, I See You. Today, we are talking to Rachel Davis, owner and founder of Bright Futures Counseling, an online membership community designed just for school counselors with resources to help school counselors in both public and private schools. Rachel Davis is a former school counselor herself. She's a mom and an entrepreneur originally from Georgia, but has spent much of her career in San Diego and now resides in sunny Costa Rica. In this fascinating conversation, Rachel and I talk about the challenges of heavy student caseloads for counselors, the feeling of isolation, and the struggle that led her to create Bright Futures Counseling. You can find her at brightfutures-counseling.com or on Instagram just by typing Bright Futures Counseling into your browser. And I'll also link to her page in my show notes. Enjoy this fascinating conversation with Rachel Davis. So Rachel, thank you so much and welcome to Teacher Talk. I love having all kinds of educators on and as a school counselor. Now tell us a little bit about um, what you're doing now and then what first drew you to um, counseling in general. Yes. So my journey's kind of funny. I um not one to like plan ahead too much, I guess. So always just looking for the next opportunity, which makes it fun. So when I I'll just kind of go from the beginning. When I started college, I chose a marketing major because my sister did marketing and I'm like, "Oh, okay, seems good." But then I'm like one semester in and like, "Oh, I don't like this at all." Um and I had an intro to psychology class that I had to have. And I just loved it. And I found it fascinating. And it just came really easy to me. Um, So I switched my major freshman year to psychology. And then I knew I wanted to do something with like mental health. And as an internship in college, I worked with some at-risk youth at a local high school. And that's when I kind of got into the, um, it was with the program Communities in Schools. And that's when I kind of got into the school site. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Because when I was a kid, I remember my school counselors but barely. I mean, I barely had interaction with them. And unfortunately, I think that's the case for a lot of students. Like my elementary one, I remember she did maybe a couple test prep things. And then I remember like the angry kids would go see her, but that was it. And then in high school, it was like for college um, applications, like that kind of thing. But I never had like a relationship with my school counselors. So never thought I would be one. Um, But then flash forward, I ended up moving to San Diego. I'm from Georgia originally. I always have to say that because I have quite an accent. So I moved to San Diego and did grad school there. And that's where I got my master's in school counseling um, and then interned at all these public schools and private schools in San Diego. And then, um, yeah, and then I ended up being a school counselor at public schools in San Diego. 
and then a school counselor at an international school in Costa Rica. And that's where I currently reside. I'm still in Costa Rica here. I have an online business where I serve school counselors through a membership site called Impact. So each month, um, counselors receive resources, lesson plans, professional development trainings, all those things so we can support them um, at their school sites. Thank you so much for telling us about your journey as a school counselor because so many of my teachers that are listening right now understand their process, but coming to sort of the therapeutic world definitely looks a lot different now after the pandemic than it did before. Tell me, what were some of the biggest challenges that you faced as a school counselor, whether it was at your international school or at these different sites? What do you think you struggled with? I think the big thing is a caseload size. So ASCA, which is the American School Counselor Association, just put out their stat. Their recommended caseload is 250 to 1, 250 students to one counselor. And only two states out of 50 like met this requirement. Everyone else has over by like a ton. So I know um, I was the counselor for two schools. I was like commuting in between at lunch, switching schools. Um, Luckily, they were like five minutes apart. But my caseload was like 1,200 students to me. Yeah. So of course, not all these students are being seen in groups and individuals. Some are in like the class lesson level. Um, But I think because of just the, you know, size of the caseload, it can be very overwhelming and hard to really reach students in all three areas because the school counselors were supposed to be doing class lessons, which is like a preventative um, lesson to all students. And then we do small groups and then we do some individual counseling as well. So I think the reason I didn't know my school counselor as a kid was because I don't think she had time to do the class lessons. And then fortunately, I didn't have a need for the more intensive stuff. So I um, didn't really have a relationship with her. So I think that was my biggest struggle was just trying to have a relationship with all the students and to make sure that I'm implementing all three tiers of school counseling with a caseload of that size. Well, and you're speaking to something, which is prevention. You said, you know, I was kind of a healthy kid, so I never got to see my school counselor. But some of the tools that you use, the thought tools, and definitely some of the thought tools that I use, knowing that our thoughts create our feelings that drive our actions and create our results. I mean, if I had known that at age 12 or 13 or 17, my life would be very different today. So you're talking about these massive caseloads. Okay. And what are you hearing from school counselors that are still in the trenches right now? What are they faced with? What are they challenged by? What are they struggling with right now today? So I think another big part of it is just like the mental load or the emotional load that you're taking home with you because the work you do is so helpful, but you're just like pouring out yourself to help others and to serve others. And a lot of times you hear some really traumatic things um, and it can be really hard to separate that work-life balance. You know, um, I had a long commute and I'm thankful for that because it kind of gave me time to process, you know, the day and then I could come home to my husband and my friends and have fun. But it's kind of hard to make that immediate shift. Um, This is kind of like a random funny story, but I remember just one day particularly was very challenging with some students and there were, um, we had to call the child protective services and just a really tough day. And then that night I had plans to have like a movie night with one of my girlfriends and we're going to like cook and have wine and watch this movie. But I just like could not shake it, you know? And it was just like, I remember that was one of the first experiences I had where I was like, Oh wow. 
there really needs, counselors really need support in their own mental health and their own processing these emotions. So they're not taking home all of this, you know, baggage with them every day. You know, I always talk about over at the Chrissy concept where I am helping teachers, the mental load, the mental burden, us as helpers, helping the helpers. And I, th- I think school counselors are magical people because I think it's also school counselors are helping the teachers, which are the helpers. And then the teachers are helping students and I believe the world and society. And if you could talk to any school counselor kind of listening to this, what would you say to them about how to just kind of keep on keeping on and maybe not, not quit? Exactly. So, I mean, I always preach self-care, but, you know, as you've seen, you've probably seen little like infographics on Instagram and stuff that's like, it's not just bubble baths, like it's that more intensive, you know, self-care. So obviously um, taking care of yourself, doing whether it be like exercise, diet, having your own counselor, like whatever you need. Um, So you can show up best for your students. But another big part of it, and this is what I try to address um, in my membership, is to provide that sense of community. Because teachers, there's multiple teachers on a school site or on staff, faculty. But counselors, there's usually only one, especially at the elementary level. At high school, you'll have like four or five um, because that's when they're doing more of the college stuff. But at the elementary level, there's usually one counselor. Or in my case, I was like a 0.5 on paper considered, you know, 0.5 counselor because there was two schools. So there was no one for me to talk with. Um, thankfully, our district was just fabulous and pretty small. And so once a week, we had a meeting where all the counselors got together at the district office from all the sites. Um, and I just loved that meeting because I just felt, especially my first year, I was just like, thrown to the wolves, you know, from grad school. And here I am with all these kids and I don't know what to do. And I don't have like a coworker or a colleague to troubleshoot with. So um, I found those meetings really valuable, but I know, I mean, I was just lucky to be at a small district that valued that, but I know that's not always the case. So in my membership, I try to provide counselors. We have monthly calls. We can kind of troubleshoot tough cases and inspire each other and say like, well, I'm doing this at my site and it's working awesome things like that. Um, because it, I always say it feels like you're on your own island sometimes as a school counselor. Yes. I think that is, I think isolation, which is what you're naming and feeling so alone is, is a big deal. Well, listen, where can we find you, Rachel? How can my folks out there connect with you, especially if they are working in the counseling sphere? Um, where are you? Where can we connect with you? Yes. So I'm over on Instagram at Bright Futures Counseling. That's probably the best place to find me. Um, and then if you want to check out the membership site, it's at stressfreeschoolcounseling.com slash impact. Okay. Well, I want everyone to head over there, especially for my school counselors out there. And Rachel, thank you so much. You've been my first guest of the new year. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. And um, I'm sure we'll have more collaborations in the future as we talk about topics. And thank you just so much for shining a light on the therapeutic side of education that yours are really, really needed. And thought work is also really key for them. So thank you so much for being on. Thank you so much for having me. I love the work you're doing as well, Chrissy. Thank you for listening to today's episode, teacher friends. If this podcast speaks to you, please share it. Share Teacher Talk with one teacher or administrator or educator in your life. 
To continue the conversation and have life-changing tools and resources sent directly to your inbox, join my weekly newsletter, Teacher Talk, at www.thechrissyconcept.com. That's the C-H-R-I-S-S-Y-C-O-N-C-E-P-T.com. There, you can also book a consult with me. That's a one-on-one conversation to see if coaching might be just what you're looking for. Sometimes one call is all it takes. Have a great day in and out of the classroom, my friends. We'll see you next time.